All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. The Vikings win their sixth in a row. We dance on the Packers' grave, and we break down the round of 16 matchups in the Champions League. Here we go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Oh, feeling real good, man. I'm on top of the world. How are you? I feel great. Um, The Vikings are able to paper over all of the cracks of all the other Minnesota teams that disappoint us. What other Minnesota teams? Never heard of them. They're they're papering over the cracks of my life. That's all I need. If they keep winning, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. And if the Packers keep losing, which feels just as good. Actually, it feels better. Because I've decided that when the Vikings are good and they win, I feel relief. And when the Packers lose, I feel joy. Pure joy. <laughs> and joy trumps relief, yeah. It does. Um, so that's what we will be diving into. But before we hop into some Minnesota uh, Vikings talk, uh, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Sweet, and thanks for doing it. God, thank you. All right, guys, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a a beer that's topical. I busted out the Mm. Before I Die craft lager from Surly. It is the Minnesota Vikings-themed beer. Um, That's what I'm feeling tonight. Didn't you say you don't really like that that beer, but you still drink it? I don't like it, but I will drink it until (laughs) Peel the label. We'll see what it actually is. They just relabeled a different beer. In that vein, I thought the same thing. I was like, you know what? Vikings are 7-1. and Let's get a let's get an on theme beer. I got the skull oh my God. from from Utapils, and it's just an okay beer. But I'm this is in celebration of the Vikings, so I'm going to drink it. I have this is so you won't believe right, this. guys. Hold up, hold up. It is a different beer called Mapping the Something, and then it says Hazy IPA, yeah. and it's just been covered up with the Vikings <laughs> wrap. <laughs> I'm drinking Summit's Purple and Gold Till I Die. No, I'm just kidding. I made that up. Yeah. Um, I'm drinking Blackstack's Insane Fucking Slime Time Ecto Cooler Sour. And this mm. thing comes out of the can. I swear it's got a green tinge. Like, are you seeing that? Yeah. That um, looks like Ecto Cooler. I like it. I think it's good? really fun. What's up? It's good. Have you had it? No, I'm asking oh, you. Oh, yeah. It's good. It t- I mean, it tastes like an Ecto Cooler, which was kind of like, I guess it's like tangerine and uh, whatever else. I don't know. Some other fruit in there. Uh, it didn't matter when you were a kid. You were just like pretending to be and lemonade mixed together. You're just pretending to be a Ghostbuster. It didn't matter what Gosh, it tasted. I don't like. even I know. know what ecto cooler is. Oh, you're yeah, too young because you're a baby. I don't know. I mean, I've heard of it, but like, it I was like a promo it? thing that came out. Like, what were the juice boxes that it? High juicy C. juice. High C. Oh, high, high C. C. Yes, high C made a, a spinoff flavor for Ghostbusters, and it was fucking fire. Ecto cooler. It was. Ec- Ecto cooler and it was fucking awesome. Very, very good. Huh. And um, yeah, so this beer is good too. So thank you, Blackstack, for trying weird shit. Slime time, baby. It was from 1989. Yeah, I can't. Even, I I can't believe I'm doing a podcast with, with someone who said, "What is ecto cooler?" I know. I just wouldn't have known it was high seat. I mean, I couldn't feel older <laughs> than I do right now. If just, you would have asked you me to right. honestly, if you guys thank would have you. asked me to guess on the show what i thought ecto cooler was i would have guessed it was like a mcdonald's or a burger king promo mm. where they had like pop not far off that would have been my guess. guess all right so here we go um 
let's hop right into it, guys. The Minnesota Vikings are 7-1, and one, a comeback win over the Commanders. That is, if you're keeping track at home, six straight one-score game win. I love it. Just like we drew it up. Yeah. Why not? I, I, I love it at this point. I thought this was a good win. This felt like a trap game. Everybody was saying that. Um, the Vikings were, what, three or three-and-a-half-point favorites? So we three. kind of... Yeah, I think it closed at three. So we ended up uh, as a push on that. We ended up right on the line, which means Vegas was really dialed into this <laughs> game. Uh, this was Kirk Cousins' uh, return, first time returning to Washington since he was the quarterback there. Wow, that's and, interesting. Uh, Kirk, I'm going to say something that I, I can't believe I'm saying, and no one, no one will think this except maybe Kirk's family and me. Kirk Cousins is the best late-game quarterback in the NFL at this point. The guy is doing it almost every single game. He's coming from behind or coming in a tie game and getting a late drive to win the game. He's done it now like five times this season. He has more in his career now than Aaron Rodgers does of comeback and fourth quarter, um, fourth quarter and overtime game-winning drives. And also, is Kirk Cousins cool? No, I can resoundingly uh, say not no. quite. But he's becoming. He's never. He's not cool. He's never going to be cool. But he may may become likable. Yeah, Do I think I think that's a I think that's a very great distinction, Jim. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, the the stories about Creed birthday celebrations and you know anti-vax blah blah blah. But like maybe this new like very self-confident Kirk. Yeah, is more public now. Maybe he's going to bomb on the Manning cast tonight. And we'll be singing a different tune tomorrow. Be like, boy, that guy is weird. That was he was talking about Republicans. Yeah. And this is a kind of a big moment because he's hot right now. They're bringing him in on stuff. He doesn't usually get this kind of attention because um, he's such a like a. But here's the thing: he's becoming self-aware, so he knows how dorky he is. So when they put all the chains on him, it's because he's like it's so silly. He's and he's leaning well, into it. No, but him leaning into it, like I'm sorry, yeah, is great. I have to say. I hate Creed, but, like, if I could just pay Creed to come play my birthday party this year, I would. What? what? Well, Kirk would be why there. Why wouldn't you just pay a different band? If you can get I don't Creed, know, you just... could probably get, like, Taking Back Sunday or something. <laughs> AFI. Yeah. I mean, like, if, if my choice was Creed or no one, I'm getting you Creed. You were taking Creed. Oh, my God, so, we're taking anyway, Creed, we're, dude. We're, we're, going, we're going way far off, but I think, I think maybe we're all kind of saying the same thing. Uh, Creed is actually really good. He's not cool. He's not cool, but it's become like a rallying cry for the team that like this is a big thing. We got to get Kirk his chains after yeah. the game. I mean, KOC made it a part of his post game speech for God's sake, which are always great. So, I listen to those every every week. Me too. How great are his his speeches? Yeah. So I'm going to get to that in a second. But first up, do Kirk's teammates like him? Yes. Yes, because they're right. seven and one. I don't think they're. If they were one and seven, if they, they were, were one and seven, they would hate it out off the field. But like they are, the vibes are so strong in the locker room that they every single one of them is their brother and they die for him. That's the mentality they have right now. So yes, they love Kirk Cousins. They're just not friends with them. And do the fans like Kirk Cousins? I like Kirk Cousins. Yes. If I like Kirk Cousins, I bet a lot of fans like him. Yeah, and everybody. Yes, like, and he totally. has so many opportunities to say dumb shit and fuck that up. Even if he lost like three games and played poorly, I wouldn't like him anymore. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's because we're winning. Um, okay, so I do like that you brought up the uh, post-game speech uh, by KOC. It feels like what this team really needed wasn't even a change in 
the level of coaching. I'm not saying that KOC isn't a good coach. I think he is. I believe in him. I think he's brought in good, smart people. But it almost feels like this team just needed a change of coaching staff more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a talented group of players that had just lost all faith and belief in the message that the coach was giving. Mm -hmm. And it feels like every time you see a video of them, I know it's coming from the PR team of the Vikings and they want them to look good, but it feels like a team that is together, that believes, that likes their coach, that like each other, that is having fun. And those are the, th the things that those are like, this is like some rally monkey shit. Kirk's chain is the new rally monkey. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think everything that you said is exactly correct. And I would also like to say that not only do the players like their coach, it really feels like the coach loves the players. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. didn't get that you didn't get that sense with Zimmer. This is not a this is not a shit on Zimmer thing. That was his style and that works for, you know, probably some people, some players, but maybe with a an influx of a of a lot of younger players on this team mixed with some veterans that like I'm the I'm a players coach. Uh, type of thing mm -hmm. once the the clock is at zeros, um, I think resonates a lot better than the you know only only tout oh hey some good defensive plays let's go Vikes you know like it was just more of a, a business. Mm -hmm. This feels I I, I want to say it feels a little bit more like like high school you know where like the the pep and the rally and the enthusiasm is important yeah right it's not a it's not a just like go out and do your job X's and O's I think this is this is the team coming together in very difficult moments and succeeding is immensely great for everyone's confidence. And I think Kirk is going to be the major beneficiary of that because he's always kind of been under the eight, under the gun or behind the eight ball, you know, not quite being successful in Minnesota. And now with KOC, mm -hmm. his, his confidence level could not be higher right now. Hey, uh, when is the most appropriate time for the team to come together and buy Kirk his own chain? Is that like uh, when you win the Super Bowl, everybody gets him the chain, playoff. or is it like you know we win two more and they do it? Oh, playoff win, I think. A playoff win, great. they they gift him with that, or or they or they win the division. And speaking of mm -hmm. that, the magic number for the Vikings now is at five, which is crazy. So between the Bears and the Packers, they're, since they're tied, we need the Bears and Packers, either like both of them, to lose five games each or we win five games or whatever combination of mm -hmm. them so uh, our magic number over both the bears and the packers is five separately if okay that was giving are we at the halfway point the of the packers? season um we're at the sort of halfway okay. point Rough, uneven Christmas. yeah but we have um after this game uh next week where we're going to be going to buffalo we have five out of six home games dude nuts so we only have Which two away really, games I mean, the rest of the year um, no, because then we have two away games at the end of the season. Oh, I so, see. Oh, yeah. we're going yeah. on a stretch of, okay. But we go on a stretch of five out of six at home, um, kind of to close out most of the season. And then we are at Green Bay and at, at um, Detroit, uh, Chicago. Chicago, so, yeah. Close out the season. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Real quick, I think the, the home games couldn't come soon enough. Um, after Buffalo, you know, with uh, at Washington, we had London a couple weeks prior. Like, the team's probably running – I mean, I know we had the bye, but, like, the team's probably maybe a little travel-weary mm -hmm. at this point. So, to have a decent stretch of uh, home games, they get some good family time. And to play the home games, against some pretty – I don't know, Eric, relatively quality opponents. I mean, Dallas is a big one. New England's Dallas. never going to – New England's never going to lay down. 
Um, even though Mac Jones yep. is an absolute disaster, the Jets who fucking crushed the Bills, the Bills. Yeah, yeah, so tough. we'll see. We that that game looked like a, a you know at the beginning of the season when the schedules came out looked like a pushover. Uh, now not so much. That defense uh, looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then you got a Giants and a Colts game at home. Um, you still have uh, all division teams on the on the road. So um, in that sandwiched in there will be an away game at Detroit as well. So um, this coming up week, we are going to be traveling to Buffalo. I believe we are now. It has moved down to seven and a half point underdogs since the original line dropped at like eight and a half or nine. Um, I think a lot of money will come in on the Vikings, who are very good at playing one-score games. To cover, at um, least, yeah. Because everybody just assumes it's yeah. going to be close. Maybe we lose, but we don't lose by a touchdown. I know that on the day of, I will feel very disappointed if we lose the game, because that's how I always feel. Sure. Um, but, it, you know, days leading up to it, I'm trying to be... Um, I'm trying to have a good attitude about this. And There's only two emotional even outcomes if we win for you, this... Eric. It's either I know, I disappointed know. or relieved. So, I mean, either way, it's only that. <laughs> it's only so good. So, I, I honestly, I I believe that uh, even if we win the Super Bowl this year, this is still probably a loss at Buffalo. Buffalo coming off of a loss. They definitely need this one. They don't want to fall out of first place in the AFC and in the AFC East. Mm-hmm. They really need this one. Um, this is not nearly as important of a game for the Vikings, other than like Pride. every stupid ass talking head being yeah, able to say, sticks. You told you that the Vikings were bad. Yeah. But I, I it just they don't need it as much. Now the one bit of news that's coming out here is that Josh Allen is injured. He got hurt late in the game with the Jets. So far, the words that people are saying, uh, people in the know, the, the biggest writers, the people on the inside are saying, it doesn't seem like it's something that will keep him out of the game, but it is something that might limit him during the week. But they're going to run a bunch of additional tests tomorrow, and we could find out, who knows, maybe he's out for a month. So yeah. there is a chance that we get um, Minneapolis Miracle Legends, Case Keenum, and Stefan Diggs against us on Sunday. They're going to run back the miracle against us? <laughs> uh Ryan, what is the injury exactly? Um, his UCL. So it's a it's a very uh, like pitchers typically will injure this um, in their throwing arms. I don't know when it happened or how it happened. It happened on um, the play he got stripped on. Oh, the strip sack. Yeah, and, and they hit the ball and it kind of bends his arm back and he fumbles it. Um, it was at the very end of the game on their last drive. So I would not be shocked if it's really swollen, um, but he still plays through it. I, I you know. Like you mm-hmm. said, if if Kirk had this injury going to Buffalo, I think he'd be riding the pine and just Kirk like you know, ride the pine, though. That's no, the no, no. Part. But I'm just no, but I'm just saying like if if the roles were reversed and it was Josh Allen, mm-hmm. I think I think it would be have a seat for a week. We don't need this as much. But like you said, the Bills need this win a lot more than the Vikings do, yeah. considering they just got waxed by the Jets and uh, the Dolphins are uh, lingering there as well. So I think. I think it's much more important to them. I think Allen will do everything he can to play. If he doesn't play, I think he's got to be like he can't even hang on to the ball. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be a, a pretty devastating injury. Okay. So um, I probably, I mean, what, 60% of Josh Allen's probably better than 100% of Case Keenum. So I think the Bills will take what they can with him. Yeah, and his legs will still be dangerous. I don't know. This is a place I, I hope Josh Allen doesn't play. I am not the person in sports who's like, ah, we want to beat him at their best. I don't give a fuck. Not right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm these guys for four years unless it's in the Super Bowl. I don't care. I hope he's okay, and I hope he doesn't play. That's all I know. Yeah. And, and you want to know what? 
want to what in three years when we look back on this amazing Super Bowl winning season and we're like, dang, <laughs> he won at Buffalo that year. I'm not going to remember that Josh Allen didn't play. I'm going to be like, that was a great year. So how many wins in a row before Kirk is pantsless wearing the chains on the airplane? Because we got shirtless this yep. past weekend. Two more. <laughs> I one, Beating Buffalo? <laughs> At Buffalo? Do you think he's just in his, in his skivvies with the he chains should, on? Yeah. He should be. And then I mean, how many in a row before Kirk smokes a cigar in his underwear with the chains? Is that like that's a Joe Burrow a thing. Ten? Let Joe Burrow have that. He mm. might get the Cartier glasses, though. No, but I think... Here's what I think is I think the teammates are saying like, okay, Kirk, we win again. We yeah. got it. We got to up the ante a little bit, and you can't. We can't do this. You can't give the people the same thing. We got to go you win a little again. Bit bigger. You're think... coming to the rib club with us after the game. <laughs> You're coming this time, VIP. I think I think they'd have to win five Super Bowls in a row, and then even then, Kirk would be like, ah, guys, I'll just sit outside. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. You have a nice patio. Um, I think I'm gonna hang out here, guys. You have fun. I think that they should get Kirk a. Like, like a stone tablet chain that's like First Corinthians four seven. <laughs> John three sixteen. Kirk three sixteen. <laughs> Kirk three sixteen shirts just need to be made at this point. So I think so. I think so. Did we just come up with a brilliant idea? I think we yeah. should do it. Kirk three sixteen shirts just need to happen. Like we should just get them made. Call your brother. He's probably he knows a t shirt guy. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. Only problem for us, Cam Dantzler is not going to play. It looks like he hurt his ankle. He's kind of always banged up. Um, but I will say uh, Evans. Uh, Filled in nicely. The rookie, our second rookie drafted at yeah. corner. Um, Caleb Evans came in and played pretty well. So that was a, a nice bright spot on the team. He Dalton, got he got run over. I heard on the radio, I was listening to it on the radio, got run over on a, a kickoff play or a kick return, one of the two. Oh, no, yeah, it was obviously kickoff. And he got absolutely pancaked. And PA was like, oh boy, uh, I don't even, I can't even tell you who would be uh, coming in for uh, Caleb Evans uh, if he's hurt, but he's limping back to the huddle. But uh, I guess he's going to be able to stay in. I was yeah. like, oh boy. And then he was making play after play, like making tackles in the open field. Good for him. Big fourth down stop. So all, all good stuff. Um, also, Delvin Tomlinson most likely won't be back this weekend either. So missing two kind of big pieces on that defense. Our best D lineman and our, I'm going to say, second best cornerback at this point. I think Patrick Peterson's been pretty good. Um, but in even better news than all the stuff we're talking about, the Packers are dead. Yeah. They're dead. Bury them. The Packers are dead, and I just don't know how many things in sports have made me happier. <laughs> They just haven't have had a, a year way. that's just been a total meltdown, you know. And you see every other team have it here and there, uh, yeah. and it's it's upon us. Uh, Lil Wayne jumped off the bandwagon. Um, the fans are starting to call for Jordan Love. It couldn't be a better ending. Yeah, fire, to... dude. The the Lafleur out oh, twi- trending oh. on Twitter was incredible. Lafleur out is amazing. I ju- I love it. Um, every player on their team is now injured. Uh, Rashawn Gary, their big pass rusher, tore his ACL and is out for the season. Not that we're cheering for injuries, but they are dropping like flies. Aaron Jones, their star running back, hurt his ankle. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, their receiver, uh, hurt his ankle. Uh, it's just a disaster. I mean, this team is completely falling apart. Um, I think. And that not only my- that, Rogers Rogers is terrible. He threw two picks from like the one yard line, didn't he? Yesterday, yes. well, he threw yeah. three total, yeah, and two in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, this this is absolutely what we want to see. Um, this yep. is everything that I could have hoped for. And uh, you're saying, you know what, Eric, you're a sicko. 
you shouldn't be cheering for people's demise. But I am, and it feels great. <laughs> no, no issues there. I didn't care. Um, uh, how much more of an ego stroke is the coach trying to give Rodgers, like, just to get the confidence rolling, that they're like, okay, we have, we know we have A.J. Dillon. He's like 6'1", 240, yep. and runs like a Mack truck. And we're like, uh, no, we're going to throw a fade to the tight end in the back of the end zone instead of giving it to our absolute fucking monster of a running back to score the touchdown because his quarterback's ego and talent are so much on the fritz right now that he's just trying to do it just to make him feel good. And that's that's where that the Packers are at. I have this feeling that LaFleur and Rodgers fucking hate each other is my Don't guess. see eye to eye. No way. I think they hate each other. team hates Rodgers. Oh, I think everyone pretty much on earth hates Rodgers at this point, including his own family and his own team. His own fans um, turning on him. No one likes him, uh, but I think that him and LaFleur hate each other, and I have this feeling that LaFleur is calling run plays, and Rodgers is changing him at the line. Yeah. At the line and he's, uh, he's going to all the things to throw touchdown passes, because at this point, he's playing only for records and his own stats. But it's killing him, it's burning him and the team down. Um, the look that they had with each other and the look well, that's, on- a, that's a that's a very glasses half empty take. Mine was trying to be a little bit more like benefit of the dowdy, but yeah. uh, I like I like your take a lot better, and I'm going to go with that now. Yeah, let's just go with that. Let's just spread that. Let's just really sow the seeds of dissent. Well, hey, listen, uh, Twitter is no longer about the truth or free speech, so just spread whatever you want. It doesn't <laughs> matter anymore. Uh, yeah, and so um, I I'm just loving every second of this. Uh, my only fear. Um, is that the Packers are going to be so bad that they are going to um, get the next amazing quarterback? They're going to tank to get like the fifth. And they're going to go for three in a row. QB. And then they're going to get like Bryce Young, and he's going to be just epic for like fifteen years. And then I'm going to just have to live my entire life with the Packers having epic quarterbacks. So mm. I want them to like lose enough that they're really bad, and then win enough that they get like the twelfth pick in the draft. That's what I need. We call that the Timberwolves. Yeah. Or they finally, That's like, there's much. three games left, and they just put in Jordan Love, and he's, like, really good for one, and they win a game, and then yeah. and then he sucks after that for the last two. So just yeah. to get that final, like, oh, our hopes brilliant. are up, our hopes are up. And then they're like, That's no, brilliant. we got nothing. I like that. Or like, it's, just Jordan, it's just Jordan Love, like, I'm going to go out and prove myself and stick it to Coach LaFleur, or maybe former Coach LaFleur, you never know. Interim interim head coach, fill-in offensive coordinator guy after LaFleur's fired. Who thought we were going to be able to look at us? Look at us. Who would have thought? thought? <laughs> you know, like who would have thought we'd be here dancing on the Packers' grave halfway through the season? It is awesome. It is just a great feeling. I I love it. And uh, to all you Packer fans, fuck off. I literally do not feel bad for you at all. You have had thirty years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. You somehow only won two Super Bowls, and now I have no sympathy for any of you. So. Um, yeah, there you go. That's the truth, and that's how it is. Rodgers is completely washed up. And even better news for you guys, even if Rodgers retires, they owe $40 million of dead cap space even in retirement. Oh, yikes. So either they could cut him right away and he for his retirement – and he, they'd have to, they'd be forty million dollars of dead cap next next year, which they don't have that room, so they'd have to cut a bunch of guys. Or 
they would have to pay the, the $40 million over two years. Year one, next year, they'd owe $16 million of dead cap. And two years from now, they'd owe $24 million of dead cap. So either one year you're fucked or two years you're pretty fucked. Yeah. They're not going to cut just, him. They're not, he's not going to retire. I think that they'll just keep playing and keep trying to figure it out, and they're going to keep sucking. And that'll be great, he too. Makes, guys, if he plays next year, he makes $59 million. <laughs> It's just the gift that keeps on giving. I love And that. I know that maybe it's his third MVP and they win the Super Bowl this year that I will have to delete this episode. But yeah, you can go until back and then, yeah, until then, I'm just going to really. Well, dude, he's barely ahead of Matt Ryan in passing yards by like 80 yards. Yeah, and Matt Ryan has in a couple of weeks. Kirk will pass him next week because um, they have, you know, one fewer game played. Jared Goff is going to have more yards. Hurts. He's going to be like. 13th um, in passing yardage. He hasn't uh, had a 300-yard passing game in almost a year. That's your he... former MVP. All right, let's move on. I, this is this. It's too fun, but it feels a little dirty at this point. <laughs> no, it doesn't. All right, let's move on, though. Um, so, random news stuff. Uh, first up, Kyrie Irving is suspended. Uh, I just can't stand the people who are trying to defend Kyrie and say, oh, free speech and blah, blah, blah. No, there's, there is such thing as hate speech and there is such thing as speech that's dangerous to groups of people. Um, in the past few weeks with people like Kanye West and Kyrie Irving um, posting crazy things, conspiracy theories, and speaking out against Jewish people, there has been a rise in attacks on Jewish people. There's been a rise in threats mm-hmm. to the Jewish community, to synagogues, to church, to schools. Um, it's sickening. And I do think that there is a place for free speech, but there isn't a, a place for speech that puts kids and men and women and, um, you know, members of, of a community in danger. Mm-hmm. And that's what Kyrie and Kanye have done. And so they the Nets gave Kyrie the chance to apologize and he doubled down he in really the worst way. He do it, yeah. He said something like, there's an army of people behind me that have my back. Yeah, I mean, and then he was like, he was like, and then, you know, and I posted the stuff that I was referring to in the, the movie was truth, and I stand by it. And I wasn't paying attention to, you know, I didn't, whatever. I would, and I didn't promote it. He keeps saying, I didn't promote it. How did I promote it? I'm like, everyone's like, well, you put it out to your platform, to everybody. And it's not like you put it out there and said, this is the type of shit we need to stop. He was clearly promoting yeah. it. Yeah, and so he now has to donate a bunch of money, take sensitivity training, meet with leaders in the Jewish community. I mean, this dude sucks. He's so just an here's absolute my, Here's my hope here. for this, ready? So he has this, this yeah. list of things he needs to think. It's like seven things long, right? And you mentioned a bunch of them. Well, one of them is like, in order to play again, he has to meet with these leaders of the Jewish community. Dude, they need to be motherfucking badasses and refuse to meet with them. He never get to play. They can't find a single Jewish leader to meet with him. He can't play. I think that there is a chance for him to make this better. There is. And I think that... I I rarely wish for people to not have a chance to rectify their wrongs. Yeah, but I mean, I would hate hate for that. It's atrocious in six months for attention. I mean, he's never going to stop. This is his latest, and it's by far his worst. And it's so funny to me that, like, these... It's become so common for, like, people to now... It's like you're almost brave if you speak out against, like, Jewish people or something. Like, that's what they feel like. They're like, well, they're just speaking truth to power. It's like, dude, you're making this up. There's, you know, this is anti-Semitism straight up, you know, and he... You're watching... You feel like you're any more controversial than him posting, you know, like, um, 
stuff about Illuminati or stuff about the flat yeah, earth. Yeah. Like, well, and I don't, I don't think we're just, we're not, I'm not disagreeing with you. So yeah. I, I don't want you to feel like he's I'm just gonna, attacking. Like, he's your... a problematic dude who is going to cause some kind of drama in the future. So sure. Let him rebound from this and we'll see what he does next. No, I, I think, I don't think the right move is for, I think the right move is for them to let him hang himself. If that's like, okay, bad analogy. Right. Not I think the right literally. move is, is for him to dig himself deeper but don't be the cause of that. Don't be like, oh, we're not meeting with you at all. Like, give them, give him the opportunity to write it, and he won't. Like you said, he won't do it, and then have all of the the rug pulled out from underneath him at that point. Yeah, I want, I want the NBA to put out. I don't care if people are like, oh, it's not real. I want the NBA to have a freaking video crew follow him around through the Holocaust Museum with survivors of the Holocaust and their families and important leaders and have him have to like have some really hard conversations and dude this is this but this is the same thing that happened with the uh the vaccine when he's like oh blah 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 and we talked about how he could have access to any of the world's most renowned immunologists and call them they adam silver would get them on the phone in five seconds if they wanted but he doesn't want that. Yep. Doesn't want to be he educated. Wants he wants to, to stay in his, his YouTube video stuff. So yes, exactly. we're going to, we're going to move on from Kyrie. Cause I hate Kyrie. And I just like, wish he, we, I wish Isn't people it strange understand. that like, we, we used to just kind of like laugh and make fun of him for being like a flat earther. Cause he was like, I just have questions. Yeah. Like that's where it started. And now here we are where he's Jewish space lasers with Marjorie Taylor green. Yeah. Like they're on the same plane. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so here's here's the thing. Um, I wish people would understand that his game has fallen off, and that's why he does this stuff because his game is just okay. But uh, let's move on to another story that's not great, and that's that the Boston Bruins are a bunch of idiots. All right, just an idiotic organization. Um, this week, they signed a free agent uh, defenseman named Mitchell. Uh, I'm sorry, what's his name? Mitchell Miller. Yeah. Um, this is by the way one of the worst stories. In yeah. the history of the world. Yeah. This yeah. is rough. So they signed Mitchell Miller, a 20-year-old defenseman, to an entry-level con- uh, contract, and they were sending him to their AHL team in Providence. Uh, the problem is is that Mitchell Miller is not allowed in the NHL. He's currently banned from the NHL. Um, that's because um, when he was drafted in 2000 by the Cody's, I'm sorry, the Coyotes, they had to relinquish <laughs> his rights when a story came out about how he and a middle school classmate of his were convicted in court of assaulting and bullying a, a, a black classmate um, with developmental disabilities. And for, they, for eight years they for, did this. Yeah. Eight years using racial slurs um, and then physically assaulting him, uh, ruining a kid's life. For they, his, made him, they made him eat urine candy. Yeah. Yeah. Like from their pee. I mean, it gets worse. Oh, I'm sure there's the details much worse are bad. Like, this is gives rough. me gives me chills so and makes me fucking he was in angry. Eighth grade when he was convicted or something. Is that the deal? Yeah. So I guess. So, but then I've heard that like he's still a huge asshole. Like he hasn't come around. Yeah. He hasn't like ever made anything right. I mean, maybe you know you guys talk about let's give everybody a chance. Well, kids and all kids in eighth grade are kind of assholes on some level. They're on like an asshole spectrum. He was clearly as bad as it gets for an eighth grader, but do you let that person ever recover from that? I don't think he's. I don't think he's done anything. Maybe it's not 
th- his behavior sounds like that of a psychopath. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Yes. Someone who has he's he's obviously gifted in a sports way, but his brain is not wired to be a normal member of society. And from what I understand, has never done anything to admit fault, mm-hmm. to rectify yeah. the situation, to try and right the ship, to you know do outreach things, to work with developmentally developmentally disabled kids, mm-hmm. to try and you know raise awareness. Like I really fucked up, and now I'm going to use my platform to do good. Um, he's done none of those things, right. um, and it was like you know, oh well. Uh, that was a long time ago, and that's it. And the Boston Bruins fucking tried to sneak this one, I think, under the radar, and it got caught real quick. And the NHL is pissed at the Bruins because they he's ineligible to even play in the NHL. And so the whole league was like, you didn't ask anybody, you just went out and did this. So they have been having to apologize. They've been on an apology tour trying to... Oh, rent. and what, what kind of world are we living in, Eric, where... The general population seems to agree with Gary Bettman. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that's fucking bizarre. Also, mad respect to a lot of the Boston players that were asked about this, and they were like, we don't want this kid on the team. Like, we were never consulted about this. Obviously, the front office doesn't talk to the players, but they are like, there's no room for that type of person in this organization. We don't stand for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, are, do they have the opportunity to say anything different? Like, no, I think uh, I think he'd be a real good asset. You know, I don't think uh, the players are going to say that. But I really think uh, white NHL players uh, like Patrice Bergeron don't tend to speak uh, kind of in that like you know player canned answer stuff. I think these were gen- they felt felt like genuine answers. Mm-hmm. So fuck that kid. Um, I hope he never gets to play hockey. Um, in the NHL or make a bunch of money because imagine being that kid's parents or that kid mm-hmm. and he's making millions of dollars playing in a big city in a big market right and you gotta you gotta hear about it all the time fuck that shit it's a good point all right guys let's move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves and the frustration we we're feeling about uh, their know. five and five I don't even want to talk about it like dude I, if they were like up by 20 right now I would but they're down by like 30 points again no, they're home? getting crushed right now by the Knicks in by the who? first half. The Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks something's are okay. not right. So something's I, not right. Something's not this right. This is a this is the bad stink on this team. Have, like, do you I remember think last they, year? Like they weren't perfect. They were kind of sloppy at times, but they had a lot of fucking confidence and swag, and they were having fun. And they were remember like what I want to see is smiles on the court. That's all I care about. There's no fucking smiles. Everybody doesn't know what to do. They're all pissed at each other, um, and they're always and they're losing badly. It's fifty eight to thirty three right now with a lot of time left in the half. So. Um, Jesus. I mean, we're, we're bad at this point. Something is not right, though. Um, I know that the pieces are a little weird, but there's so much talent on this team. For them to just be getting blown off the court, like left and right, and giving up open shots all day is weird. The fact that we can't find any space for Anthony Edwards is really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we can't get out in transition, and we can't shoot the ball to save our life. We spent all of this money trying to build a bench of shooters, and we are, like, one of the worst shooting teams in the whole league. Did I see the stat that yesterday or two days ago, Anthony Edwards had his first dunk yeah. of the season? Yeah, yeah, it was, like, the seventh like, or eighth game he had his first dunk. So, something, wait. I mean, that's a huge red wow. flag, and he plays lots of minutes. Yeah. That's just because so, they're not really picking and flowing. So, um they still can. I mean, none of these teams are what they're going to be. Like I said, in December, so is this is this a is this a Finch problem? 
it, it's I either a Finch you, problem I think I asked you guys. I, I hope it's a Finch problem because if Finch is easier to replace than our roster, and if it's a roster problem, we're kind of in trouble because we have really bought in on these people. Like Gobert, I mean, we can't really just easily change up our roster. Yeah, I think I think I, I think it was two weeks ago. I asked you guys, "Is Chris Finch a good coach?" And I think Eric's immediate response was, "I don't know, but I don't think so," and or something to that effect. And maybe maybe we're seeing that lack of experience or just sort of general uh, doesn't quite have that touch that's needed to manage all of these players. I think his days are numbered at this point. Um, I think like. I think he needs to fix it like really, really, really fast, or he's gone. Yeah, like I think he's games away from getting the axe right now. Well, there's way the too we're much. We're five talent. and five, but we're kind of trending the wrong way. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right. And like the, you're gonna have to have someone in here if you're gonna build a roster that's creative like this. You're gonna have to have someone really creative in there to figure this out. It's just puzzle pieces that don't go together quite yet. And I, I don't get me wrong. I do think that the Wolves are a playoff team still. I do. Yeah. Even though I have these negative feelings, I still think we're going to be a playoff team and we're going to have some good stretches in the season and we're going to be a, at least at minimum a tough matchup for someone in the playoffs at minimum. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not acting like we're some terrible team, but at this point it feels like it's not working. Mm-hmm. And I know it's early, but it's it's not that early. Like we're over 10 games into the season. Like we're over 10% of the way through the season. We're we're, you know, moving moving along here and that we don't have all all season long to try to figure out this problem. And so at some point we're going to have to play some. And we had a soft schedule I, too, I heard- and we didn't even win those games we should have. You know, we lost to the Spurs twice. Like, they're not going to be this great team. And plus, the, the West is like pretty open this year. Like, the Clippers aren't winning and the Warriors aren't winning and the Lakers aren't winning. And some teams that we thought were going to be big competition aren't doing it. So... There it is. We could be in the third seed right now if we had just taken care of business and clicked earlier. So already well, going opportunity. Think about that. Think about those teams. That that power vacuum for the West is being filled by what you would say on paper are inferior rosters. Yeah, to ours. I mean the the Thunder have a better record. The Jazz have a better record. The the Spurs. I mean these are supposed to be the tanking teams. Like literally going into the season, their plan was trade Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and somehow they got better. Yeah, and for the Jazz. So anyway, um, well, also so did the Cavs, and immediately made made the East tougher. But yeah, um, I wonder what is if it's a like you said. I think if it's a if it's a coaching issue, I don't even know if that like replacing him with someone new is going to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take. I think it's going to take some combination of both. Yeah. Do you think new GM guy is is you know you know how they are they they want their own you know coach to come in and and take things over. I wonder if that may be a breakdown there. in the works already. I don't know. know. I don't know. I want to give him. I think I wouldn't fire him now. Um, I would want to give them until December or something. And then if you want to try to bring somebody in mid-year, they get have some time to work with the team up until playoffs. But, you know, not yeah. now it's much too early. Although other coaches have no problem firing – or other teams have no problem firing coaches this early, but I wouldn't want to do it. I heard yeah, a really I, good point. I heard a really good point on the radio that said, like, you know, you can blame the, the lack of cohesion on new players. There's not that many new players. There's one significantly new big new player – uh, literally and metaphorically. Mm-hmm. And just because it takes time to gel doesn't mean you have to take time to gel. Like you could, you could gel early. Yeah. You know, you could really work on that. It doesn't that. always take time um, to gel. Exactly. Yeah. 
doesn't have to. Like, the Jazz has literally, like, an entire new starting roster, and they seem to gel just fine. They can't lose. Um, so Jordan uh, Clarkson anyway. looks like fucking Michael Jordan now. Yeah, it's insane. All right, guys, it's time uh, to move on to our new segment, okay? Oh, oh boy. Our new segment is the Bandwagon Team of the Week. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. I know what it's going to be. Our Bandwagon Team of the Week is most definitely the number one ranked Minnesota Gophers hockey team. I knew it. I love it. There you go. Number one, and they have a huge matchup this week against Penn State. They host Penn State, who I believe is ranked like seventh or eighth. They came off of a weekend where they kicked the shit out of uh, Notre Dame, who was ranked in the, I think they were ranked 12th. I mean, yeah, Jimbo, you watched. Jimbo, you watched the that game live on Sunday, didn't you? <laughs> that was embarrassing, and I don't get embarrassed very often. <laughs> yeah, so I, I text our group chat like, hey, you guys would be so proud of me. I'm watching Gopher Hockey, and we just scored. This is great. And then I instantly get back like five replies like, uh, you're watching a replay? <laughs> and I look up yeah. at the top right, Bally replay, like, damn it. So no, I haven't watched any live Gopher hockey this year. Here's the here's the big question that the audience would want to know: How long were you watching it before the group text went out? Like, I mean, did at you least watch a whole period, minutes, fifteen minutes or, or more. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Enough time to feel real dumb. Yeah. It wasn't thirty seconds. Like, hey, just turn the game on, and they're like, "That's the replay." And then Adam like, oh, told okay, me well, they on. win three to zero, and so I said, "Nice," and I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> so they are pretty exciting, though. They have um, one of the best goalies in uh, the country right now, Justin Close. He's senior. He was great last year, and he's just an absolute star this year. And then the most exciting thing about this team is that their first line is just an electric factory. It's two freshmen and a sophomore. Jimmy Snuggerud from Chaska uh, leads the team with eight goals and four assists. He's a freshman, first-round pick. Um, Logan Cooley was the third pick in the draft. He's a freshman as well. He's got three goals and six assists. And then Matthew Nyes, a sophomore, um, who was a second-round pick in the draft last year, is uh, has seven goals and four assists. And then they have the two big stud senior uh, defensemen, Jackson Lacombe and Brock Faber. I'm sorry, Brock Faber's a junior. Um, but he's the, he's, the guy, our, he's our guy, right? He's the yeah. guy the Wild traded for um, when they traded away – what's that guy's name that I can never Fiala. remember? Fiala. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're just really heavy front-loaded team who should compete for the title, and that's really exciting. It's really, really exciting, guys. Yeah, that, there I mean, it is. Especially, especially for your bandwagon. Bandwagon team of the week. Always been a big fan. Sky Yuma, we love gopher hockey. We love the gophers when they're good at any sport. And until they fall out of the top ten, um, we're going to be huge fans. And we are going to very, very, very carefully monitor and even watch the games mm -hmm. unless they fall out of the top five. Right. And we're almost just watching to make sure they don't fall out of the top five or top ten. Yeah. We don't – I mean, yeah, it's more about just bandwagon uh, watch at this point. The pressure that is on them from me just on an individual For the podcast, level, right. for, the, for the talking so, points, yeah. It's so high. Um, I only watch the games with um, two things. Oh, good, they won. They had to win. Or, fuck it, I don't even like this. Right, right. Yeah. That's, that's the level of pressure that a bandwagon team of the week is really under. You are walking along the edge of a cliff. Yeah. And they need to win to keep you on. Absolutely. All right, guys, it's time to move on to some soccer talk. We got the round of 16 matchups for the Champions League with a couple absolute banger matchups first up we get psg versus baron Munich. this is just psg's luck and it couldn't happen to a douchier team than them <laughs> psg is the big paris team that has 
uh, Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, Ramos, you name it. They probably tried to sign them. They are the only team in France that's any good, and they have to play Bayern Munich, who have been a buzzsaw Mm -hmm. so far this season, especially in the Champions League, where they have just decapitated every opponent that they have played against. Um, Liverpool. And and PSG, sorry, PSG beats all the French teams, uh, mostly, Mm -hmm. um, except for Lille. Yeah. Last two seasons ago. Yeah, but they don't win anything else. They they'd never win European competition. They just don't play hard enough teams throughout the year to like be ready for to these test games. them. Yeah, mm. not even close. Uh, Jim, your team Liverpool has to take on Real Madrid in the first round. Brutal. That's a tough, tough. And they always tough knock us out. You know, it's not like it's like a team. That, yeah. yeah, they're tough, but we all we've had their number. Like that's like the only team in the Champions League that has our number. Yes. Well, and then and then to to upend everything, Liverpool. And their ownership group has decided to sell. Yeah, the it's not. It might club. not be American owned. The Fenway Sports Group is looking to sell Liverpool. Um, seems very odd and weird timing. I don't really understand it. Um, well, well admit, let me do some. There are so many like um, uh, zeros, oil, oil <laughs> princes who just are lining up to. Jimbo, let me let That's me just what I do, don't I'm I don't just... want to be in that club of like, well, I don't feel great about the ownership, but I do love the team. It's like when MBS buys your team, you're gonna be like buy a oh, fucking okay. kit uh, and then you know like eighteen cents of that is gonna go like line the pocket of a fucking Russian oligarch. Doesn't feel great. So I'll just just back of the mat back of the napkin math, Jimbo, I'll tell you why they're selling. They bought the club for three hundred million. It's gonna sell if it sells for two billion dollars and you owned a twenty percent stake in the Fenway Sports Group, mm. that's four hundred million dollars to the net, uh, which well. is a number I like can't can't even comprehend. But it's good. if they sell for four billion, double that. Jesus, for three hundred million, they stake. got it for yeah. What a steal! Like twelve years ago or whatever, before the league really took off internationally, mm-hmm. um, the television markets and all that. Anyway, so Eric. Go ahead, so ca- carry are, on. Sorry for interrupting. Valued, they're valued at four and a half billion. Oh, and I'm gonna guess. I don't know what stake they own of it, but I'm gonna guess that they are gonna sell whatever prorated amount of six billion. It's a, it's a majority stake. Yeah, I'm gonna guess that they're gonna sell for what would be a hundred percent stake would go for six billion. Is gonna be my guess. Jesus. Yeah, like just so, a crazy amount of money. Trip. So that's one point <laughs> two billion for a twenty percent ownership yeah. stake jesus christmas yeah. that's why they're selling jim okay there you go i get it uh other matchups those those are the spiciest matchups of of the the round of 16 some other good matchups i think milan versus tottenham hotspur so we're all big ac milan fans yep. in this round always have been tottenham shit what do we think of shit tottenham, tottenham. um chelsea uh ryan's team uh gets to play against dortmund correct it's tough. Uh, that's a fun. That's a fun matchup. You're going to get to see up close. Well, Jude, and- it'll be Jude Bellingham. We'll see what what club he's going to play for. He'll be able to come to Stanford Bridge and and realize like this is where I want to be and all that. He's going to be so. like, if you guys can somehow get into the Champions League next year, I would be interested. <laughs> uh, Mukoku also going to be uh, on display there. He's the most electric teenager in the world right now. He's a 17 year old striker who is scoring multiple goals in, in big Bundesliga games right now. Um, and then your lesser matchups, uh, Club Bruges versus Benfica. Uh, Napoli, who has just dominated Italy so far this year, versus Frankfurt. Uh, Manchester City uh, is going to play against Red Bull Leipzig from Germany. 
and Inter Milan gets Porto from Portugal. So uh, those four ties are just okay. I know I know City should win, but I think of those four quote unquote like you know less interesting ones, mm-hmm. I think Leipzig versus City will be a little bit more fun than you think. I hope so. Yeah, there's I some hope it's players. really there's fun, which means cool. Leipzig fucking mops them up. That would be great. Pounds, <laughs> pounds them into the floor. I would be stunned if that happened, right. uh, but it would be cool. It would be really cool. Um, and then also uh, in the Europa League, there's only one really fun match to talk about. Um, Barcelona got knocked out of the Champions League as the third-place finisher. They got sent down to the Europa League, and they drew Manchester United. So Man United-Barcelona in the final 24 of the Europa League is a matchup that no one thought we were going to see this year. And that's a win-win for whatever side you're on. Yeah. Um, And then this weekend, Ryan, our teams played, and I have never felt so good about my team in the time that I've had this podcast. Uh, Your team very banged up. It's not good, Bob. It's not good. It's really not not been fun. They built an entire roster for a coach who then they fired a week after they built the roster. And now they're trying on the fly to have a new coach implement his system with a bunch of players who he didn't pick. They're talented, but they don't really fit anything he wants to do, it seems like. And then the guys who do fit what he wants to do are out injured for a while. And the same thing happened last year. Reese James and Chilwell got injured in Champions League matches and are now out until... Chilwell and, might be out the rest of the season if he has to have surgery. Conte is, you know, he's a he's on the Byron Buxton, just keep his body together with bandages and, you know, paper mache. Mm. And poor Reese James was going to miss the World Cup too. And all these all these young guys for England uh, had, a, had a real opportunity there. So um, no excuses, though. Next man up mentality. And we couldn't get it done at home against the Arsenal, who's uh, they're a little bit like the Vikings this season. In, in the way that, uh, you know, sometimes in the past, those close games have not gone Arsenal's way, either via cards or bullshit penalties or, like, questionable VAR reviews, you know, wiping away a game-winning goal. And this year, that doesn't seem to be happening. They seem to be taking control of games um, very much in contention to win the league, regardless of how great City and Erling Holland are playing. I don't think... Uh, I think uh city is a one-man wrecking crew well i would say two men between foden and holland but arsenal plays probably the most complete team game um that i've seen from them since peak wenger days yeah. and that's a that's a compliment that's not a, that's not a knock that's a very that's a that's a compliment and the, the i heard someone say this um about the premier league this year they said of all the guys who came into the league this year um, from out of the Premier League. So they moved teams from a, a, a different league into the Premier League. The two superstar players have been Erling Holland, obviously, mm-hmm. who literally has more goals than Man United has. He's going to have like a hockey season of like 50 goals. Like it's going to yeah. be nuts. He's going to break the record by like over 10 goals. Um, so Erling Holland, obviously, but then William Saliba, the, the center back for Arsenal, who is going to start for France as a 21-year-old. Long time coming for him, too. And the two of them, that's going to be a heavyweight matchup. Holland versus Saliba, they're both 21 years old, and they're going to get to duke it out at some point this year, which will be must-see for everyone. And then, in other news, another huge game. Jim, your team, Liverpool, got a much-needed win yeah. against all of our least favorite team, Tottenham Hotspur, 2-1. to one. Uh, Salah had a great day. Uh, Spurs really fought hard in the second half at home. 
uh, but it was not enough as uh, Liverpool got a seriously needed win. Yeah, I don't really it's get it. It's always a good day. Liverpool beats clubs that, what well, I mean, who have they beat? They beat, like, I think we beat Chelsea. We beat, uh, did we beat City? City? Yeah, we beat, yeah. I mean, yeah. and Tottenham. And, and then we beat, Tottenham. beat, like, Leeds or Nottingham. That it, Their logo looks like a chode <laughs> dick. Um, can't get rid of that imagery. So I don't, I don't really understand the team. I think it's it's a seven-year itch or something from the, the manager. Can't really motivate them anymore, maybe. Or maybe they just are kind of old and they don't like they play hard and the like the games are really motivated to win and then they try to coast by in the other ones. I don't know what's going on, but at least we won this. It's a, game. It's a combination of it's a combination of both of those. Like some some aging players, you know, Milner, Hendo, Van Dyke, who you know at some point it's got to drop off, and then haven't really replaced them with a lot of young guys, but they've tried. You know, yeah. they've got uh, they've got. You know, Nunez and the other young forward and Jota and, you know, to compliment Salah. But maybe, maybe Sané was, was, sorry, Mane was better than, than, yeah. you know, people thought like for like creating space for other guys. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird season for Liverpool. That's for sure. Yeah. But Hey, as long as they keep beating the shit out of Tottenham. I'll take that. That was cares. fun. They've, yeah. had, they've had fun wins. So there's that. All right, guys. Uh, Coming up right around the corner after next week, and um, we get the World Cup. So next week, maybe we can talk World Cup for everyone, make some predictions, talk about the squads, and talk about the weirdest, most corrupt, worst probably World Cup of all time that's happening in stadiums that were built by slave labor in a country that oppresses women and gays and playing in, in a time of the year so that people don't die of the heat in stadiums that are going to be pumping out uh, air conditioning. Yeah, um, bring that up every time. It all sounds great for the planet. It would be fun to do some kind of like quick five-minute live draft or something and get a game going for the World Cup right in the pod. You're so right. I I love that. That was was the best idea you've had all week. It's a production crew, you know. I just feel like I want to bring the heat. Yeah, Eric thinks it's a great idea because he had France the last time. So, Mm. of course he he does. All right, guys. Um, That's it. That's all the time we have this week. On the Nordies podcast, uh, check out our screencast later this week where we are going to be in our new rewatch. We're going to be watching the movie Fargo, and uh, we have all kinds of shows and things that you guys should be watching. Lots of new shows are out. And uh, until then, thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nordies podcast. <laughs>